once said, Courage is the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Welcome to Building Grit, one call at a time. Every human being will be faced with a massive challenge. How you deal with problems is based on grit, determination, perseverance, and will. On this show, we talk to people who face challenges and how they dealt with them. This is Building Grit, one call at a time. And this is your host, Nick Wingo. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And today I'm super excited to bring another guest onto my podcast. His name is Seth Clark. Seth, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you doing, Nick? Good, thanks. I really appreciate you jumping on my podcast to have a conversation with you. Um, actually, my previous people that I had on the podcast kind of pushed me towards you to uh, learn a little bit about your story because it sounds like you have quite the story to tell. <laughs> so I'm super excited to learn about it. You know, in this podcast, what I do is I try to take people's real raw situations and show other people that, you know, number one, we all struggle through things. We all have stuff that is rough. And so when you think that you're alone, because we all get to that point in our lives where we think that we're alone, we think nobody understands us. We think that nobody can ever feel what we feel. You will be surprised when you start to really talk to people and you get the real stories out of them and you get the real raw, how they've built grit and the grittiness inside of them. And once you start to do that, and once you start to lean into people, it just feels good to know that you're not alone. Big time. It does. I think that it's funny you bring that up. That's been like one of the common core themes of, the, of my life over the last probably two weeks. And it's really the acknowledgement of loneliness. I, uh, I'm a chronic pain person. I was in a car accident when I was 16 and that like forever changed my life. It changed my body. It changed how I perceive pain pain is like with me. I just don't remember days where there wasn't pain now, you know, like my memory doesn't, doesn't have that. And with that, there's like, there's a loneliness, there's a loneliness in being just with yourself with, with an issue that you can't really share with other people, or you don't really think other people will understand like that loneliness is it's a killer. It really is. So, oh man. Yeah. You know, it's so many people could just look at you and say, hey, there's this normal dude. Like I see you and I just see a normal person. What people don't realize is that when I'm looking at you, I can't look on your inner soul. I can't see what your mind, the space you're in. I can't see the pain you're feeling. I can't see those things. And people get really good. I know I have in the past, get really good at putting a facade on. Like, hey, I'm all good out on the outside, but on the inside, I am fucked up, like straight up. You know what I mean? <laughs> straight up, straight up. Absolutely. That was like my, my life forever. Like, for real. Being in pain and like not and not having like an external like it would be so much easier if I had like a huge bloody slash across my face, you know. Absolutely, because somebody would see you and they'd be like, That dude is in pain. Yeah. He, that, that guy is jacked up. Right. Well, what, right. what I want to do is is tell me a little bit about, you know, what led you to be your story about this car accident. Like tell me about it. Tell me about how this all started. Sure. So when I was sixteen, uh, brand new driver. We lived in a rural area to do like anything. You have to travel to a certain distance to get there, right? And I worked at a local Frosty. So um, I was driving to work from my hometown. And this is 2000. So cell phones are pretty new on the scene. 
especially rural and my family has one and also the next biggest town over it's like that's where you go to watch a movie that's where you go to grocery shop that's where you do everything so I'm I'm like mom after work I'm gonna go with some friends we're gonna go to Reno and we're gonna hang out right so I stayed at a friend's the night before and she's like okay before you go to work give me a call let me know your day is like going so I forget to call her but she gives me the cell phone to take to Reno. I'm in the car driving. It's not a car. It's an old 65 Ford pickup truck with no seatbelts. So I'm I'm driving down the road and I'm uh, dialing, you know, and I look up and I'm like going off the road, like I'm about to hit a snow pole. So I just, I overcorrect really big. We had just put like brand new fresh tires and this is the summer. So they grip super well. So grip, I, the truck starts to roll. Because there's no seatbelts in there, I get pushed to the uh, passenger side and hit the door open. And then I, I come out through the top a little bit. So then my legs get rolled over on a couple times. Truck comes to a complete standstill. And I'm trapped in between the door of the truck and yeah, the door and the frame of the truck. Also, with my legs just like kind of dangling on top of a barbed wire fence. So, but it's crazy because my legs caught on the barbed wire fence in such a way to where I didn't bleed out because I had a compound fracture on my right leg. So it was, you know, it was crazy that way. So care flight came, went to, I went to Reno anyway, you know, just to the hospital. And then from that point, you know, there's. I'm sure it all just melds together at that point, right? Because those moments when you have those life-changing events, they all, at least, you know, being a firefighter, I see a lot on the other side, being the one, being the rescuer coming in. But what I hear from people is that when those events happen, everything just kind of melds into this big, convoluted, long mess of memory. Is that what you found? Uh, actually not surprisingly not. I had like, I was super lucid through the whole thing, which I mean, honestly, it might have been better for my like psyche to not have remembered everything. Those are like some of my most vivid memories in my life, actually, which is interesting. sucks. Yeah. Because typically your brain wants to make it not as traumatic for you. So that's why it becomes this conglomeration and it becomes more about like, what you felt in that experience as opposed to like what you saw and what you like saw and remembered at the same time. So yeah. And, and that kind of goes with the story I was just going to tell. So after I get to the hospital, you know, they cut all my clothes off and you know, they put you on the table and because I had a compound fracture, you know, I, I wish that I would have been out because they're like, I'm like, can I have more morphine or something? Like I'm, this sucks, you know, but I'm right. like still talking to them, which doesn't seem normal. So they had to like hold me by my upper body and they're like, okay, Seth, we're going to, we're going to set your leg now. And like, I didn't know what that meant. I'm 16 and never broken a bone in my body. So I'm like, uh, you know, just there. Okay. You know, so they do it. And that was like, so they hold my upper body and then two hold my lower leg and they like pull and then one pushes down to like get it to go right back in. So, and it was like, at that point, that was when I finally like, I was, I was in a different, I was in a different place. And I just vividly, that's kind of where it goes. I vividly remember getting wheeled to the OR. So yeah, it's crazy how your memory, how your mind does things, supposed to do things to protect you. You know, it's like a natural response because there are definitely like memories from my childhood that were not good stuff. And I don't remember those, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
So then you go into surgery, you get out of surgery. What then? How long were you in the hospital? What was the first initial recovery phase like? Yes, I was in the hospital for 30 days, which was, that was a long time. <laughs> yeah, like those days started to go really slow. But then once I got home and I was like with my family again, because they lived so far away, you know, they couldn't stay at the hospital. It was just a thing. So when I got home, that was kind of like when the big work started, you know, like I had experienced a little bit of PT, physical therapy in the hospital, you know, like I think it was in the third week after they were trying to do weight bearing, which just wasn't making any sense. So we stopped that, but that was super painful. So when I got home though, that's when like, it was like all about like just getting better. I focused like so heavily because for me, school, school had started and I was uh, becoming a senior that year. So like, I was like, I got to get back to school. Like I, I already, like one of the first thoughts I had after the car accident was like, wow, I'm not going to be able to walk down the aisle with my friends this year. So that was like, I was already like in my, in my mind. So I just focused on physical therapy and like leaning into all of that pain and all of that because it's super uncomfortable. Because when you're in bed and you're down for that long, your body is like, it just doesn't flex. It doesn't move the same way. Plus it had a traumatic experience to where your body wants to protect itself. So you don't want to move certain ways. It's just, it's, it's a bummer. So did you, did you feel trapped in your moment? Like, did you feel trapped in this like circle of like the pain, the reliving the experience? Because it sounds like you had this vivid experience that you're kind of reliving in your mind. You have this pain. So did you feel like you were in this like vicious circle and cycle of, of dealing with it? Yeah, pretty early on, you know, and as a young kid, you know, just, I would say 18 is kind of when it really hit me like, oh, like, this is like, this is the, for the rest of my life. I, this is how I'm going to feel. This is what, this is like what my story is based on now. And that was when, yeah, I was like, I became super depressed. I really uh, leaned into all the prescriptions that I was able to get. You know, I was just trying to find a sense of like comfort, a space for myself to not deal with the, because there's like, I was in a wheelchair as well. So there's just the the learning how to like live in a wheelchair as well. And that was for, you know, like a year and a half. And then I finally broke out of that, tried college, didn't work. And so it was like, I was just trapped in this like cycle of like, I have my own stuff, but I'm trying to be a human at the same time, like a person that does the normal person things. But then I was just like, I would get to a certain spot with each of those steps. And I was like, man, I just can't hang. Like, I'm, I'm done. I got I to gotta move back, you know, to my parents' house or whatever. So yeah. I, I hear often like the pain medicine is it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And did you find yourself trapped in that vicious cycle of the pain medicine of like, I feel like shit. And so when I feel like shit, I get the pain meds. And the pain meds, not only do they cover my actual physical pain but they cover my emotional pain because i can check out yes absolutely the pain meds were like the escape they were the answer they were the the safe place the safe space and yeah i mean honestly it like looking back now it was it was more about like my emotional pain my emotional internal (laughs) not being able to like cope with life. So mm-hmm. therefore it's like a substance brings about a, a good feel in my body. And that's like the closest thing I have to like a comfort. So that's what I'll keep going after. And I also did the same thing with, with food as well. I used to w- almost weigh 400 pounds and I, I medicated. I, I was an addict to 
food and how that made me feel. And yeah, it's again, it makes your body feel well. It makes your mind feel well. So you, you go with it. And I think, you know, and I, I was on opioids for, I don't, I don't even know, like over a decade and it just be kind of comes your world. You're always visiting the doctors. You're always visiting the pharmacy. You're always dealing with um, an insurance issue and you're always dealing with, uh, well, now because of the pain medicine, you have constipation. So therefore you need something else for the constipation. It's and a vicious cycle. Medication is a vicious cycle. It's and being worst. in the system of doctors is a vicious cycle because doctors are trained to treat the symptoms. They're not yeah. that meant to heal you. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're not after the, hey, let's get you better. They're after the, hey, here's a medication for this. And then that medication leads to this medication. And that medication leads to this medication. Well, dude, it's super awesome story to start out with. But we're here to talk about grit, my friend. We're here I'm, to I'm talk about, about how you got through this bullshit, how you... Broke through because I love this story, but what I love more is that you're sitting in front of me smiling and I can see that you're happy and that you have joy in your life. And that's amazing because the man that I'm hearing at that time is not the same person I'm looking at right now. And so that's why we're sitting here and I'm super excited to understand where the transition happened because often people, they are also stuck in some type of crap that they cannot get themselves out of. They can't find a way out of it. And it's stories like yours that can help people go, you know what, if that dude can do yes. and get out of pain medications and get and lose weight from being 400 pounds, like if he can do that, then I can get through my small problem. So let's talk about, you know, the, the great thing about this is that your weakness always turns into your best strengths in yes. your life. Absolutely. So at what point did you go, screw this, I am done? Because I'm sure it had to, at some point you said, because you're sitting here where you are. So at some point there was a moment where you said, okay, I'm done. Like I'm going to move forward through this. So what yep. caused you to make a change? <laughs> um, like completely blowing my life up. Being so, I just got to a critical point where I was just who I was and how I was. It was just not I was just not a, an effective person, a super kind person. I was just a mess of a person. So at that point, I made a bunch of terrible decisions, got a divorce. The company I was working with shut down like instantly. So it was like I was out of a job, a divorce, no insurance because I was divorced. And my, I had insurance through my wife. So I was at this like crossroads where I no longer had an income and I no longer had insurance. I was kind of at a spot where I'm just like, oh, well, what do, what do I even do? You know, I had an option to go like, my parents were more than willing and happy to like help me, you know, kind of like get back on my feet for the 13th time, you know, and that was something I could do. Or I could like, just figure it out because I was so tired. I was so done. And I was like, it, I was even so done asking for help, you know, like, I'd asked for help so many times, so many years, so many different things. So it became a moment where I was like, all right, I know that this is going to be hard. This is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty hard things, but fuck it. And that's where I, that's where I left it. It was like, fuck it. Like, just do it. It's just do it. Just what do you have to lose? You know? So I made a plan. I was like, all right, I have like a month of medication left. All right. You know, be smart, wean off them. So I, I made it last for, you know, like I think six weeks, maybe a little longer. So, you know, it wasn't like a terrible shock on my body to like try to get these things out of my system. Plus, at the same time, I was like, 
really sick, like because of my job and my poor habits with food, I used to drink two or three monster energy drinks a day. Like that's not a hyperbolation. That's like for real, like seven days a week. And I did that for, I will like two years, no joke, like solid. So when you don't have a job, you can't afford those things. That's an expensive habit. I mean, honestly, it's for sure. <laughs> it's gross, you know? But with that, like it, with all the gross stuff in there and all the sugar and all the, ugh, that was my source of water as well. Cause I never drank water. So you take like oh, all man. of the, all of those substances, all that's my liquid. You take it all out of the equation. I'm dehydrated. My body is just in a, it's in a place. <laughs> so I have to go to the hospital. I go to the, e, the ER and I'm just like, and I, cause I have vertigo. So like, I'm just in this place where my body's like, all right, we're going to reset now, you know? So because I'm like off opioids now and like my health, like I'm not putting all these disgusting foods. And I was also addicted to fast food. So I'd eat fast food two or three times a day. Again, it's an expensive habit. So you take like all of that stuff out and what are you left with? You're left with, all right, I have no money. So what can I get? I can get case of water and I can buy a few groceries that, you know, I can make sandwiches and ramen or something, which was, believe it or not, healthier than what I had been eating previously. So water and food. So I just like leaned in and I'm just like, all right, this is my new, this is, this is it. This is my new normal. Then fuck it. Do I want to eat the sandwich? Nah, fuck it. But fuck it. It's all, it's here. I don't have to go. I don't have to spend money. I can't even drive anyway because I'm so dizzy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So. So it was about maybe 10 days that I had like bad vertigo. So I was just like in a spot too. So when you're there, you can't, you just can't go anywhere. You can't move. You can't sit up straight. You can't watch TV, you know, like you can listen to things comfortably. That's about it. And I think it was during that time that I just was like, I went through so many emotions of just like, I was grieving. I was angry. I was also like kind of happy because like, even though how messed up I was feeling, like, I felt sort of clear too. Like I feel like my body felt a different way. So I felt, I was like, all right. And then I would get like super depressed and, you know, so like I went through the gamut of all these emotions, which was completely atypical for me. Something I want to point out to the listeners right now is when you're listening to this story, I, I just want to point out six weeks to wean off from the opioid medications. And then an additional 10 days just to get a reset to start right? So people yeah. think that, uh, that a change is going to happen right now. Yeah. Right now. And I, it, this is, this is not, you haven't even completely changed yet. You haven't started the weight loss classes. All you've done at this point, which is so by what I'm understanding, we're at almost two months of just to get off the pain meds and to realize I need to make a change. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, you were realizing it through this whole yeah. process, but yeah. at, at that point you were getting ready to where it was like, okay, now I'm going to start making this forward progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to start getting better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Two months, two months, which that's a long time. I mean, that's a, that's a significant amount of time. It is. It's a, it's an investment, especially when you spend it like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, I wasn't being able to like get distracted by going to do something or like meet with people or like talk on the phone. Like I just didn't have that many people in my life anyway. So it was like, you know, like two months with me, you know, just like on lockdown. Yeah. So then now you're at this point where you're now you're breaking through like now you're starting. So tell me about, so you're through the vertigo. Mm -hmm. You've realized that you need to make a change and you're making that change. So then mm -hmm. now 
what's the next time frame that it takes for you to get to kind of your next your next step? So what does the next year look like? The next year was really it was really eye opening because I was I for the first time in my life like had a clear head. Um, I was like experiencing things. I had more emotion. Like I was able to you know be more upset but also like happier as well like things like bugged me way more but also like i laughed a lot more so the next stage was kind of like relearning a human behaviors <laughs> leaning into like by that i mean like leaning into emotion like leaning into all all the crappy stuff it also came to a point with, with all those bad decisions i made like i had to i had to own up to them too i had to kind of come to terms with them for myself and with the people that i like hurt so that was the next step is like, all right, so my body kind of, my body definitely got better, which helped my mind get better because the food that you put in your body heals you or it hurts you. All the substances you put in your body either helps you or hurts you. So I was like, finally had a good balance of getting healthy things in my body. And then it was like, all right, now I need to get more healthy relationships. I need a healthier relationship with myself. I need a healthy relationship with people in general. I've been a huge taker. I was a big manipulator for so many years to just get my needs met, like because I was addicted so much to comfort, just in general, my comfort. Like I would do whatever, whoever to kind of get whatever I wanted, but still maintain like a nice guy, a nice person mentality. Master so, manipulator then, a master <laughs> at the trade. Yes, unfortunately, you know, that's a, it, through those years, you know, like, I was so lonely and with my own self, you know, I just like, I survived just to get through there. Completely so really, understand. And it was the space that you were in that was caused, that was like, that was what yeah. you felt like you needed to do yeah. so you could get through. That was what you felt like was the only way to get through what you had going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once I also, once I kind of realized like, because a script throughout my whole life is like, this is how you are. And then you enter the blank of like, this is it right? So then you live into that script. So the next was like, damn it, I'm not that. I'm not this person who, like, I'm, I'm not addicted to drugs. Like, am I an addict? Yes. But like, I don't have to be addicted to drugs. Like, I don't have to. That sounds weird. But like, it's more like, fuck that guy. Fuck that old guy. I'm not him anymore. <laughs> right, right? Right. Totally. Like, I, right. Absolutely. And then that, so that next stage comes in as self-reflection. All right what are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? What can I do today to be different, to be better, to be more grateful? That was another thing. I think like that, the, the kind of third phase of that is like an awareness, getting woke. That was like the next stage. It's like, nice. I love that. How my interactions, like if someone comes at me and they're like being rude to me, is that me or is that actually them? And how, like how they're perceiving the situation. Because before, like my body, I would just react to the way somebody was reacting to me. And therefore, it was just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you know? And instead now, it's kind of like, where are you at, bro? Like, why are you coming at me this way? Right. How, can I, how can I react to that differently to where then it just disarms them or, you know, it just changes the flow? I, I love that you bring that up because one thing that I tell people and I really lean into in my life or try to, I'm not, I'm not always great about it. Like when I talk about stuff, I may be able to talk really good about shit and sound really smart and whatever. But <laughs> let me just tell you right now when I'm telling you something, it's because it's stuff that I struggle with. So understand Absolutely. what, you know, they always say a coach is always just one step ahead of where the people yes. they're coaching is. So just yes. understand 
if you're listening to this, this is because I struggle with it. So where I come from is that when people come at me, what I try to do, I try to really lean into this is that am I basing my reaction or my action off from facts or am I basing them off feelings and emotions? Because if you're basing your actions after feelings and emotions, it's reactive. If I'm basing my stuff off from facts, I'm being proactive, right? And so Mm -hmm. if I, like you're saying, somebody comes at you and you go, okay, and stop and say, okay, is this what I'm doing? Which is the best reflection you can ever have because now you're meeting that person in their space and saying, I hear you, I hear what you're saying, and maybe I'm doing something. Now let me reflect and let me see if there's something I'm doing. And let me see if there's some way that I can meet you in your space. It's such a better way in life to go through things and go through interactions. Because when you do that, I promise you, you will find that when people come at you and they're like, hey, bro, and you go, oh, let me look at me. I'm sorry. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I, let me self-reflect. People will look at you differently. They're going to be like, what is wrong with that person? Like I came at them and I wanted, I was expecting this full on back. And when you don't get that, your relationships in your life, they change completely, completely. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Because it, it's, a, it's a, an ability to disarm a situation. It's the ability to kind of live within a moment and be uncomfortable for just that second enough to be like, is this good or is this bad? Like, do I actually need to react? Or should I just like sit back, be proactive and just respond, you know? Whether that's just sit there, you know? My response will be just sit there and say, okay, you know, or no thanks. That's yeah. it. It's disarming the energy that's brought in, you know, if you combat energy with energy, it's just going to like, boom, you know, blow up. But if you hit it like this and you, you take it in, it's, it's just there. So you can stay there, you know? It's just like that whole, how water's made, hydrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, oxygen, put two energies together, violent explosion to get that water, right? It's just like that. So tell me how long, so you're 400 pounds when this all starts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm you're significantly lighter now, way down. How long did it take for you to get to a point where you started to feel comfortable in your own skin? Because I'm sure that when you're that at at that level, I know like for me, I was 265 pounds and 220 pounds now. I feel comfortable at 220 and I feel comfortable in my skin. So I'm sure that you went through the same emotion of like, I'm not comfortable with my skin. Now I'm starting to feel my comfortable in my skin. How much weight did you lose and how long did it take? Okay. Um, let's see. I lost 210 pounds. So I kind of like, go. Hey, dude, that's so awesome. Thanks. Thanks. So like 215, two, between 210 and 215 is like how many I've lost over the years. It took me one year to lose 180 and then a couple of years to kind of like go down from there. And I, and I'll just say like, because of my disability, because of my body, I'm not able to like run. The most comfortable thing I can do is swim or a bike, you know, walking and standing isn't even comfortable. So in this situation, I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to say it. I didn't exercise to lose any of that weight. I'll say it. That's awesome. That is so awesome because people, dude, it's so great because people think there is this misconception in the fitness industry. Uh, Number one, the way that people look is bullshit because it's, it's all about the angles. It's all about, I mean, I'm, I'm super fit right now. And I like if I take a picture right now, I would I don't look like a fitness model. However, I go get a I go get a tan, I get my flex on, you get perfect lighting, and yeah. it's like, oh look, that dude's got abs. He's ripped. right. But yeah, that's totally. but that's not how it works. And so no. there's this huge misconceptions 
and what you should like look like, number one, and how you should do it. Guess what? It doesn't work the same for every individual. And I love that you're sitting here and saying like, hey, I didn't, I didn't even work out. I just I fixed my food. Yes. And people forget that 80%, 80% of it is food related. And yes. so if you keep on going and working out and think that, that the way you're eating is going to be corrected by your fitness level about how far you run, it's bullshit. It's not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. You've got to fix the way you eat. Without a doubt, like that's the that was in my opinion that was that was the game changer when I started when I changed what I started putting into my body. That's when my body started reacting, and it was like, oh, okay, you're giving me the right stuff now. Cool, I have systems. I'm going to do what I was supposed to do. The reason I didn't do that before is because I didn't have the right gas. I didn't have the right fuel to then like work on your gut. Once your gut starts getting fixed, man, your brain starts getting better, you know, and you start thinking clear headedly, you know, like when you put like all, you know, like, and I wouldn't say like, I was like this crazy health nut either. It was, I changed basic stuff instead of drinking any sugary beverage, like any at all. I drank only water and good water, alkaline water, you know, and then like the food that I put in my body, like, was I eating vegetables and fruits every, every meal, every day? No, but I was matching it. I was putting way more of that in my body as opposed to the other stuff. Absolutely. So, and then it's like your body starts to pick up on that. So then it's like once you start like losing weight, it's not even about the weight that you lose. It's like your body is invigorated with your cells are invigorated with the plants and the food that you put in your body. So if you're putting good fuel in there, then your body's like, oh, hell yeah. So it's like you don't even have to yeah. eat as much, you know you're eating solid, super dense, super, you know, nutrient food, like your body is going to respond quickly, you know? Absolutely. Especially when you've had so much other crap that you've been putting in. You said something that really resonates with me because it's my, it's my number one value. And my number one value is back to the basics. Mm. Take it back to the basics. Like stop oversimplifying shit. Stop making it overcomplicated. Stop messing with your own mind and getting in the way of yourself and get back to the basics. Do the shit that makes sense. Guess what? Drink more water, right? (laughs) Simple. Stop drinking sugary drinks. Don't drink monsters. Just drink water. Right. Even better, one step better, drink alkaline water. If you don't know about alkaline water, you should look it up. Google it. There's all kinds of information on the internet this day and age. I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm not going to waste your time because I know you can learn about it. You know, totally. eat totally. more vegetables. Do you have to eat vegetables with every meal? No. No. <laughs> Do I eat vegetables with every meal? No. There are days, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I don't eat vegetables at all. However, <laughs> the vast majority of the time, I'm eating more vegetables than I'm not. You know? Right. right. So it's got to be that 80%. 80% of the time, you got to be on You got to be on that right thing. You know? That 20%, that time, the 20% of the time, if you're, if you really are truly sticking that 20% is not going to ruin the 80. No way. The 80, it's not even going to put a dent. No, it won't. And people think that it will. It, it just won't. I promise you. Like if you're doing it 80% all the time, it's going to push you forward. You're going to get where it may not go as quickly as you would hope. You know, mm-hmm. like for me, I have a goal. I have goals right now for my fitness. And so a lot of people look at me and they're like, so you're a super fit dude. I'm like, yeah, but for me, I have more goals. I have further goals. I also recognize my goals to get from where I am right now to get to the level I'm looking at. It's going to take me a year or more right, to get right. to where I want to go. 
right? Because I've already done the vast majority of the hard work. Not, I don't want to say that. Let me step back. I don't want to say the hard work. I've done the initial work. So I got to a certain point with the initial work. Really now is the hard work because this is where I have to really be gritty and show that I can do this to my next step. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? When I get to that step, there's going to be something else. There's yeah. more. Because what you start to realize when you're doing these things, when you're doing mental work and when you're getting through this stuff, is that when you get to the point that you thought that you wanted to get to, you realize that you have so much more potential. And it's this never-ending potential that we have inside of us. And people think that, what I find often is that people, they have a goal that they get to that they want to get to. And they think that when they get to that goal, that that's the end. And that is not the truth. The truth is, is that if you really lean into it, once you get to that goal, if that was all you wanted, then guess what happens? right back down. Right. 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 But right. if you get to the goal and you realize, oh man, I have so much more potential yep. then you move forward. Yep. So I went through my life several times where I was a goal setter and I would hit these goals and I'd be like, okay, I hit my goal and then I wouldn't have anything left. So I'd be like, oh, done. Yep. Right. And then guess what happens? Like I did the, I, I did the firefighter calendar. So I got super lean, got in the firefighter calendar. And what do I do? I gained 45 freaking pounds and I was heavier than when I did the calendar. Right. Like what in the world? Right. You know, oh, man. and yes. why is that? Because I decided I had a goal. I met the goal and then I was like, oh, I'm good. Like right. I did the thing. I did the thing that I had right. and, and now I'm, I'm good. Now my shit has changed. My mindset has mm. changed. This is why I'm doing this podcast. This is why I'm doing these things is because I want to move forward. Right, right. Well, I think it, it comes to, like you said, it's, it's actually the, the most important part. The hard work, yes, is important, but that's not the most important part of the whole equation. It's the initial spark moment where you make that decision within your entire being, within every cell of your body and your mind. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. So it's like, even when you get to that goal, you still have to make another goal to maintain the goal. Every goal is that way. You can't just like stop and be done. Even when you like skill up, it's kind of like, all right, now, now what's next? Like in video games, like, you know, as you progress through them, like you get more guns and you get like stronger and it's like, you're always on to that next harder mission. And like, that's what our life is like, you know, like, all right, I got here. What's my next mission? Like I achieved all of this. Now, where am I going? You know, now what am I going to do with all that? Right. Absolutely. That's the money right there. I keep a lot of the guys I listen to, you know, I listen to like Ed Milet and Andy Frizzella and some of these big names. I keep on running into this, this whole ideology of being blissfully dissatisfied. So I'm super happy with where I am in life. However, I'm dissatisfied because I know I have more potential. And so that is totally what describes me in a nutshell is that I am blissfully dissatisfied. I am super stoked in this moment to be sitting here talking to you. Mm -hmm. I am enjoying this conversation. However, I know I have more potential. And so I have more right. things that I'm shooting after, right? Right. So right. people need to remember like, hey, dude, lean into it. R- right. So, and I, and that's, that's, that's huge. You have to lean in. That's, you nailed have it. to lean in. Have to. Have to lean in. So, you know, uh, something else I want to just talk to you about is that the whole pain thing. Because I, I'm guessing, my, I, I don't know, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, you still have pain right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In this yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something that you're going to have to live with your entire life, most likely. You know, I have a, I, I'm, I feel very like hopeful and um, that it will be something that is like an element of my life, but it's not going to be that like differentiator, that like big thing. Like I think that it, and I think that for 
most everybody, like you can come to a place of like not having the most intense chronic pain in your life to where you're disabled and down and done, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but it's still something that it's a knowledge. Like I still have to, again, like I'm dissatisfied and thinking like, okay, am I really going to be in pain all for the rest of my life? You know, because it was, if like, if my body could heal itself in this way, which was miraculous, to be honest, there's got to be more like, and I know that there's there's a, there's a mental element to pain as well. This is like not even really talked about, but there's so much more emotional, emotional stuff that goes into people with chronic pain than it necessarily does about damaged systems. Like, do I still have damaged systems? Yes. But I think that it's made worse because our minds are so powerful. Ah. This is like a very deep topic to go into, but yeah, your mind controls your pain. Absolutely. That's so cool. So if you can get into your mind a little bit more and get through those mind things that hold you back, like I believe my pain can be brought way down. Oh, that's super awesome, man. Cause I agree with you. It, the mind is, can be exercised. And again, that it goes back to that, the potential we have in our mind. We don't even realize <laughs> we don't even under, understand how powerful our minds are. I, I mean, I, I'm terrible. I'm not a numbers guy, but you know, I, there's all kinds of studies out there. I can't, it's such a small amount percentage that our brain uses mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And we have so much more percentage of that brain available to us and we don't even know how to tap into it. And so I love the fact that you're working on tapping into that and you're leaning into the like, Hey, I am going to get to the point where it's, it may be there, but I know how to deal with it. I know I, I control it. I control how that is. I love that. That's super awesome. Thanks man. Super, super awesome. So what do you got going on? What's, what's next for you? What's some of the goals right now? The, the goals are to, now that I've kind of like reached this peak in my life, I've reached this place to where I'm like, I've learned so much, I've come so far, and now it's like, how can I give back? Like, I can't just keep all this to myself and just like, keep going and do whatever for myself. It's like, I struggled with this my whole life, and it sucks. It is so hard. And if I did, I know that other people do. Like, I know it. You know, and I'm also in some chronic pain, like Facebook groups, and man, there's just, we're so many broken people out there, especially in this, like, like I care about people with chronic pain, you know? So for me, it's like, I learned so much. I, I, I now have a voice. Like I've been through so many experiences. Like I want to help those people. I want to help their family because that's a whole other part. You know, like I've had so many people in my life, but they didn't understand what I was going through. I couldn't tell them either, you know? So it's like, that's the next step. It's like, I got me and so many of my elements in my life, like, right. I'm doing great. I'm better. But that is like, I'm dissatisfied. If, if I were to keep it all to myself and my family, I would be very dissatisfied. So now it's on to the next. So now it's like, I just want to serve people. I want to give people like, a, like, just like you're doing for me right now. You're giving me a place to speak about my life and my experiences and all this stuff. I want to do the same for chronic pain people because most of those people have gone most of the majority of their life not ever really talking about it with anyone other than their doctor and their significant other. And that really sucks. It's isolating as a motherfucker. Uh, I bet I can only imagine because I, I, I've not experienced, you know, I, I've had my own stuff, you know, with work, my PTSD from, you know, my crazy calls that I've seen and, you know, the, the spiral that that can take into. So I, I do, I have spaces that I can understand the space that you're in. I, I don't, I may not completely grasp but i do kind of grasp the ideology of that being stuck in a space you know what i mean mm-hmm. so totally. really appreciate it and for me one of my big things is uh, i was actually i did a daily intention calls this morning and one of my things that we were talking about how do you gauge your success 
you know, one of the ways I gauge my success is that I can help somebody else in the day. And so mm-hmm. if I can help some, one, one other person, it doesn't have to be 10 other people. It just has no. to be one other person. Yeah. If I can help one other person, it, it, you know what? It may be my kids. It may be my wife. It may be my mom. It may be somebody directly close to me. It may be someone, a stranger. Right. I just want to make sure that I help one person every day in some way, shape, form. So I saw that you have some, you are going to be working on, uh, did I see maybe a podcast that's in that's your future? Right. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Starting it up. Yep. I've already recorded a couple episodes. It's working on those particulars. But yeah. And, and that space, again, that's how I'm going to help give back. I want to give, it's like, a, it's a platform. It's a platform I made for myself because like, these are all the problems I deal with. But as I was like building it, I'm like, there's like people that can come to this and like be helped. So this is for them too. So, yeah. Super awesome. I love the fact that you're starting a podcast. What's the name of the podcast going to be? Have you named it yet? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be called Living with Pain Well. Living with Pain Well. Sweet. Yeah. We will yeah. stand by. I'll uh, post it in the description of this podcast so people awesome. can start to look out and uh, look for yours coming out. So Awesome. Right on, brother. Well, I really have appreciated this conversation. I love your story. I love how real you were and raw. I love the fact that you're after greatness. I love the fact that you are working towards uh, doing things for other people. I appreciate you coming on my podcast. I hope that there is greatness coming for you. I can see that you have got some fire inside of you. I'm super stoked for you. Super excited for you. Uh, again, I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks, Nick. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you, man. I, I just... I have to say this, you are doing awesome. I think that you think that like, man, uh, it's a shaky situation, but no, you are killing it. So I just want to throw it right back. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate that. Have a good day. You've been listening to Building Grit, one call at a time. Everyone faces challenges, and we talk to people who use grit to be triumphant. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show, and we hope you had some fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with Nick on Facebook at Nick Wingo and on Instagram at building underscore grit. And remember, victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. This is Building Grit One Call at a Time, signing off.